Welcome to the podcast. We're street smart, business smart, all kinds of smart people share their insights into the world of marketing, career journeys, and personal growth. So sit back and prepare to get enlightened with your host, Adam Posner. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast, where I bring you the best and brightest from the world of business, marketing, and personal growth to help you harness your inner tenacity and drive your career forward. So in my last few episodes, my guests have been hyper-focused on the tactical side of your career search, providing really actionable advice. And I want to continue to bring all my listeners plenty of that. But today, I want to showcase leaders who are making a difference in other areas. So today, we're going to venture into the world of entrepreneurship and startups and try to answer as many questions as possible about what it's like to work in one. And more importantly, what questions you need to ask if you're interviewing in one, what questions you need to ask yourself, what questions you need to ask people closest to you, so you really understand what you're potentially getting yourself into. So my guest today, Katie Loeb, is a super badass, and, and I think she's actually my new best friend. I'm not sure about that, but we're certainly yeah. working on it. <laughs> so I was introduced <laughs> to Katie a little over two years ago by my good friend Chris Adamo at South By, and found myself quickly immersed into her world and really haven't looked back. It, it totally aligned. So we built a friendship, and hopefully by this time, it airs a stronger business relationship. We're working on some cool stuff over here. Katie is the director of brand and strategy at Loeb.NYC, a venture collective that combines smart capital with deep operational resources to a network of startups. Under Katie's vision, Loeb NYC has established itself as one of the most unique and nimble venture firms in the space, identifying nascent startups and developing and funding them until fully fledged. So in early 2019, Katie led a full rebrand, capturing Loeb's futurist and flexible approach. She's also super passionate about sustainable culture and community within an involving organization. Lots of cool stuff here. She's also responsible for the company's series, live event series, the uh, hashtag, so it's the blank or not experience. And we'll get to that in a little bit. And it's really a conference um, series that's focused on geared towards brand marketers that focus on the latest trends and tactics in the investment space. It's pretty cool. And this event draws about 200 you know, really awesome human beings. And it takes place every year out in South, Southampton. And hopefully by the time that this one airs, I will have attended my first one. I really can't wait for that. It is a pot or not event, and it's going to be freaking awesome. She's a leader in the expert. She's a leader and expert in the New York City startup and venture capital space, and I'm really excited to have her here today. Katie, welcome to the podcast. Finally, thank you so much. It's really awesome to be here. And yeah, you made me sound really awesome. I'm feeling great right now. Yes, that is the goal here. So why don't we start? Why don't we start off and you know just quickly introduce yourself to my tribe. Tell us a little bit about who you are what you do and kind of what got us to where we are today. Awesome. Well, uh, again, Katie Loeb, Director of Brand and Strategy at Loeb NYC. Um, my background is actually in digital advertising. I worked at a company called Distillery for almost five years in programmatic buying, helped build out their self-service platform, uh, designed what the onboarding curriculum would look like. And it was really interesting for me because I had my first foray into entrepreneurship. Um, which is different than entrepreneurship, right? Entrepreneurship is building something within something that already exists. And um, it was an absolute incredible experience. Um, I had the best time with the, the group that I was with, super flexible, um, constantly changing. Everybody had their own responsibilities, but was really forced to wear many hats all the time. Um, my job was all externally facing. I was working with clients, 
uh, onboarding them, hand-holding them through the process so they can learn our platform. Um, after doing that, uh, specifically for that one platform for about two years, um, you know, I decided it was time to move on to the next thing. And it was really interesting because my dad's been an entrepreneur his entire life. Um, he's had his experience in the corporate world, big bad corporate world, um, did incredible jobs, dis uh, an incredible job disrupting it. But uh, it also got him fired. Uh, but as a true entrepreneur, he said, screw it, let's keep going and let's build something that I really want to build. Um, so I kind of always grew up with this entrepreneurial element and uh, spirit that was just in my space constantly. Awesome. Um, but uh, anyway, so I'm, I was looking to leave my last job, couldn't really find the right, right thing for me. And I was talking to my dad about it and he's my number one advisor in all things career especially. And um, he said to me, you know, why don't you come and work for me? And I said, no, that sounds terrible. Why would I want to work with a family member? Right. And um, about one month later, I started. So that's kind of how it goes in the world of Michael Loeb. He always does what he wants. Uh, but it always, it always works out. So it's a really good thing. Um, when I first joined Loeb, it was Loeb Enterprises at the time. We, you mentioned the rebrand earlier. Um, Loeb Enterprises was this uh, organization had very much the spirit of what it is that we do now, um, but it was an infrastructure of marketing operations and tech departments um, that were built out sort of as these, uh, as sort of as a vessel for, um, a, a, to execute on the ideas that my dad had as an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. He just wanted to throw spaghetti at the wall, see what stuck, and these teams were the ones that were built to execute and to, and to try it out. Um, what started to happen is that we were getting approached by a lot of these startups because they wanted a investment. Um, you know, and that, that's what startups do. They're fundraising. They want to, they want more capital so they right. can continue to build their business. What we realized was that, um, it was a really, this was kind of a broken system. Right. Um, and we didn't really like what traditional funds and incubators out there were doing. Uh, we kind of felt that they would th give them, you know, 50 grand and three months of a place to stay. And that was, they were expected that that time to make a dent. That doesn't work. No. You know, it's completely arbitrary and pretty false, frankly. You know, you, what are you, what is a company, what is a startup going to do with 50 grand? That's not even one hire for one year. So when we were being approached by these startups that wanted an investment, we said, all right, we'll do you one better because we actually believe in this business. We believe in you as an entrepreneur. Um, we'll write you a check, but more so we want you to come in, use the teams and the resources that were already there and already in place. Um, and we want you to move it permanently. Um, and that way you have access to each of your vendors, which were really our teams that were, that were there. Um, and you have access to the marketing brains that are going to help you get your business off the ground. And we also noticed that a lot of these businesses, uh, they were great ideas, but they hadn't fully germinated. What we have seen historically is that especially with, with seed ideas, um, they tend to pivot, you know, they have to pivot at least twice before they become a real business. So what is what happens is that these businesses will get um, an injection of capital and then, um, then their business model will change. Mm -hmm. So what we wanted to do by bringing them in-house, by giving them the marketing departments and the tech and the operations departments and giving them the capital and then giving them 
the access to, uh, you know, the, my dad, his business partner, or the executive team, we thought we were, we were going to help um, beat the system um, and, you know, be a better support to a lot of these startups that were coming through the door. Right. Um, so that, that kept happening. We kept seeing that these startups were coming to us, asking for investments. And then one day we looked up and we were like, holy crap, we have invested in, you know, 12 companies. This is, this is an incubator. Mm -hmm. but we knew that the way that we do things were, was different. You know, we're not traditional in, in any stretch of the imagination. We never set out to be in venture capital or to become a fund. It just kind of happened this way. So it was um, organic. It just, it, it happened by nature. Exactly. Um, and that is a, a huge part of the beauty of what happens here is that things are really, really free flowing. It's That's very awesome. entrepreneurial in that way. Even just the way that we operate day to day, you know, we're, oh, oh, we're, we are a startup. It's so, so we're dealing with this as we're building it while we're building other companies. We just know how to do it. Awesome. Um, yeah. And then anyway, so when I left my last job, um, started working for my dad, Truthfully, I really didn't know what I was going to do when I was first hired. Um, my dad tends to hire talent that he likes. And he says, you know, you, I like you. Come work for me. You shrug your shoulders. You say, cool, what do you need me for? And he says, we'll figure it out later. Um, I was one of those hires. So it took me a few months to kind of figure out what my specialty was. And I realized as soon as I came in, I was able to draw a lot on the experience that I had at my last company where um, I was able to leverage some of these skills that I had in building um, a new organization within an organization. Um, you know, this entrepreneurship concept uh, where I was able to focus on how to make Loeb um, a unified uh, organization, um, almost, you know, in a, in a, a good kind of a cult <laughs> um, where retention is really high, we're mm -hmm. keeping people happy, and we're building a community. It's a, it's a true collective. It really is. Collective, yeah. So that's why we kind of dubbed the term collect, venture collective because, you know, that's, that's a big part of what we do too. We'll do the venture, we'll do the venture investments. Sure. But, um, there's so much more than just the capital raise that you're getting. When you enter into the family, you're getting an, the access to this network of not just the, the different, um, shared services departments of marketing operations tech, but you're also getting all of the other portfolio companies that are there. And when I led up the rebrand at the beginning of this year, that was really what I wanted to capture was the message that, you know, all of this stuff was here. I wanted to find a way to um, message it and brand it and put it into um, a category of its own. Awesome. That's fantastic. So let's jump in. Let's talk a little bit about startups. Let's talk a little bit about in the context of the job seeker. So, you know, everyone, you know, they think it's super cool, right? It's in vogue to work at a startup, but they really, they, they really don't know what it's all about. Like you and I both know that it's not super glamorous all the time. So what are some of the misconceptions that people have about working at a startup? I think that everyone thinks that they are going to become the next Uber. Right. Um, you know, I think that's, I think that's the goal. Everybody wants to be. Yeah. I mean, listen, Uber obviously is a household name, right? They've done some incredible stuff. They've, they've disrupted an entire industry. Um, that's fantastic. Uh, but not every single startup gets there. In fact, the majority of them will never get there and they won't even see anywhere within that periphery. You know, it's just completely out of their, their realm. Um, 
when you're joining a startup, you have to be fully prepared to understand, you have to be willing to accept the risks. You're not getting, it's all a trade-off, right? You know, if you enter into a corporate position, sure, you're probably compensated really well. Um, and uh, that's all that's all well and good. People love getting a nice paycheck. But when you're in a startup, you have to be able to accept that maybe your paycheck won't be as competitive, but the higher, but it's it, because, so maybe it's a bit of a higher risk, but there's a much higher reward. Right. Part of something super early on. Yeah. And I talk about, I talk about that with candidates a lot when they, when they're coming from the corporate world and they're going to a startup, I talk to them all the time around compensation. And I say to them, listen, you're making, let's just call it, you know, you're making $150,000 at company X. Are you willing to go to this startup and say, all right, I'm going to take a cash cut. I'm going to take a cut in cash. Let's say I go down to 100K, but I'm going to get X amount of equity. I'm going to take that gamble. Are you okay with that? Is your lifestyle set for that? And are you prepared to take that risk? So, you know, some of the questions that, that I urge candidates to talk about is expressions or, or, or terms like asking, what is the runway capital? What is the exit strategy? So why don't you tell everyone a little bit about what those things mean? And if you were in the position of interviewing for a startup, what questions you would ask? Okay, so um, I think I love the exit strategy question because you know it it reveals a lot about um, about the founder and what the founder's goals are. Um, I read an amazing quote the other day. Uh, I think it was in this book called Valley of the Gods, which is written by Alexander Wolf. Um, everyone read it. It's all about Silicon culture. Silicon Valley culture um, and sort of because they sort of developed their own bullet, uh, bubble there and it's you know completely independent of what happens in New York um, but there's a reason why Mark, Mark Zuckerberg Mark Zuckerberg was given an offer to sell Facebook for one billion dollars mm -hmm. years ago he rejected that offer because he had bigger plans for Facebook. So if you are a candidate and you're interviewing for a role at a startup, that exit strategy question is brilliant um, because it shows a lot about what the founder's plans are. If that founder is looking for a quick hit, they just want to get some cash, they want to build something and then sell it. Flip it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, listen, that's, that is one strategy. And if, if that's the goal, fantastic. But you have to be, as a candidate interviewing for that role, you have to be fully prepared for that outcome and make sure that your goals align with the founders. Because um, if you want to be part of the next Facebook, the next Uber, then you have to be prepared to stick around for a really long time. Um, and you have to be really aware of what the founder wants to do. Um, what were the other questions? Sorry. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's also, I think it's, I think it's also about you know, having being, being okay with being unstable. And I think that's important as well. We talked a little bit earlier about pivoting and there's, there's boundless, boundless situations within a startup where, whether it be financially, whether it be legally, whether it be the product, whatever it is, the media, whatever it is it that's going to directly affect it. You're a small company. A lot of times you don't have the resources like a big organization to absorb that hit and everyone feels it. And it's not just, you know, happening to the company because it's happening to you. A lot of times it's a small team and you're feeling it. You're, you're putting in extra hours. You, you see the stress of the, um, you know, of, of the founder. And it's really, you know, sometimes it's, it's not all that, it's all, not all that glamorous. It's definitely um, not glamorous. There's no it's way. Not. It's hard work. It's hard work. And of course, you're going to hear the, the many hats thing. Everyone has to wear many hats. And that's totally true, which is why you need to be super passionate about the company's mission and the product itself. Um, 
because without that, you know, you're, how are you going to be, you can't expect yourself or no one can expect of you to be able to be flexible in this role to help it get to the next stage. Tremendous point right there. You know, and at the end of the day, the many hats thing, I, I've only grown up in situations in my professional career where I've had to wear many hats. I don't really know what it's like to work at a big organization. I enjoy wearing many hats, but you have to be able, I, I mean, the other thing about wearing many hats is that it makes you dangerous in the best mm -hmm. way. You know, if mm -hmm. I, when I was um, at my last job and got to uh, work with the product team and find ways, I was basically the translator level where I was working directly with the product team and then translating all these different product features to my clients there's a lot of product jargon in there that I had to learn so that I can lay it out in layman's terms for my, my clients so they understood how to use it in the best kind of a way. That taught me how, first of all, to speak in technological terms, and then secondly, Huge. how to become a storyteller. Uh -huh. you know, that was a, probably the, um, one of the best skills that I learned at my last job that was sort of a secondary skill because I, I had to figure out how to make this product feature usable in a really functional way daily for my clients so that they would leverage it without a real use case and story behind it. You know, there's no way that they would ever use it, but it, as a, as a, product and technology feature, it would have been so impactful for them. So that was, you know, that's the many hats. Yeah, it's absolutely. And I think it also comes down to self-awareness too. I think that, you know, you have this vision in your head of working for a startup and let's just say, okay, you're cool with the, with the financial elements of it, but it's about the self-awareness of really understanding if you're flexible, do you need that structure? Do you need the resources? Are you okay? Let's just say hypothetically that you're in a super senior level position and guess what? You're coming into a startup and you don't have that team underneath you and you're going to have to get back into the weeds. You're going to have to roll up your freaking sleeves again and get back into it. Are you okay with that? Right. Knowing what the potential end return is going to be. Of course you have to be super honest with yourself. I mean, I'm a huge proponent for that with everybody internally at Globe, with my team. Um, I am a huge fan of super transparency, honest feedback, constant communication. Um, I would rather be, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm very direct with my team. I tell them, you know, if something, if something doesn't go right, first of all, as a leader of the team, I, I look for where I can take ownership of that, right? Something went wrong and this is my team. So was it a training issue? Did I not communicate something properly? Internal self-awareness. 100%. Mm -hmm. But with everybody, I mean, you know, it, everyone has to take the onus on themselves as well, you know, and that's how I choose people to become a part of my team is, are you a self-aware person? Are you able to communicate to me what is missing here? Do you have the common sense to sort of see where the voids are and there's vacancies in different places? That's what I look for when I'm, when I'm hiring someone. So let's talk about that for a little bit. Let's unpack that a little bit. Why don't you give a couple of examples of questions that you typically ask in an interview? Um, and we're not talking about a founder. We're not talking about you interviewing a founder to see if you want to take them into the collective or right. it's a good match. But if you're interviewing someone to come on board your team, what are some of the key questions that you ask them to get to those points? Uh, really, really good question. I like to have a lot of conversations. Um, and I'm really slow to hire and fast to fire. And I think everybody, you know, everyone tries to do that. That's the ultimate goal. Um, when I hire someone, um, 
I first start with a phone conversation. Um, I like to just tell them what I'm about, how I operate, my sort of habits, and I just kind of lay it out there for them so that they can get a sense to see if like, okay, this is this makes sense for me, I relate to this, this is an environment that I can function in and I feel okay with all of this. If they do, great. Let's schedule time for you to come in for a meeting. Um, I really, uh, I really just try to have a conversation. Um, I like to ask people how they de-stress. I think that's a really important question. I agree. Hear what the answer is, um, but I need people to be self-aware enough to know when they need to de-stress. Yeah. Um, Step out. It's gonna it's gonna affect everybody, especially in that small startup environment. A lot of times you're working in close quarters. A lot of times it's stress that you can't handle because well, not can't handle, but it, that's real tough because you're in a situation that you maybe have not been before because you have not had a lack of resources. So when, the shit hit, when the shit hits the fan, what the hell are you going to do? Right. And you take it out on your coworkers. You're going to go take a walk. You're going to go to the gym. You're going to punch it out. You're going to go smoke a joint behind the dumpster. Who gives a shit? Like as long as you get that out and you come back and you're sharp, that's what matters. 100%. Again, I do not care how they de-stress. I just need that. I need to know that they know that this is that when they do get stressed out and this is how they, they handle it. This is how they address the problem. Um, I ask them a lot about their communication styles. Um, I like to get a sense of their boundaries. I like to set a lot of boundaries for myself and what my, do you mean by boundaries. Um, I like to know, um, again, it's, it all comes down to self-awareness. Um, I like to make sure, I like to be really respectful of people's vacation times. I like to be really respectful of weekends and nights. Um, again, I don't believe, you know, stress is a real thing. Um, I don't believe in burning people out. It is not at all what my goal is, but that's also why I look for passionate people because those people are energized by by what we're doing here. Right. And those people that are passionate and know how to find the, the, and I don't like to use the term balance. I like, I like to use the word harmony. And that's something that I do in my business. I'm a small business owner. I have employees. I have, I'm trying to build something, but I also, you know, and you know this, like my family is first and my kids are first and it's about finding that harmony. Like for example, yesterday I put in almost an 18, 19 hour day. Yeah. I saw my kids for a little bit, but spending that time allows me to focus, you know, at the time I'm in it, I'm in my work, I'm building my business and building my brand. But I'll tell you one thing. When I get off this call, I am checked out for the weekend. Yeah. And I'm no. all in with my kids. And I want to work for somebody. I want to work for somebody that respects that. Yes, listen, there are times when emergencies come up. There's deadlines. There's shit that has to get done. Yep. But when your employer fully respects that, like, you need to have that as an individual to have your, your detox time, your family time, and find your own balance. And that's critical. I think harmony is a really good word for it because people are using, you know, work-life balance, whatever the fuck that nope. is. I don't really know that that exists. Um, people are now saying work-life integration and I'm like, what the hell does that mean? Like, I do not want, I don't want, I don't want that. I do not want that. I do not Church want and state. Just keep it away. <laughs> completely. Like my life already as it is, a big part of my job is to evangelize what it is that we do here at Wove. So my job is talking to people constantly about what it is that we do. I'm always talking to founders of new organizations. I'm trying to get investment decks to come through so that we can continue to attract really, really talented and um, amazing new businesses, talented new hires, making friends in the venture space. That's what my job is. I'm constantly talking about what it is that we do. Mm -hmm. oh, so that's when, you know, like I want to be able to shut off when I need to shut off. And um, that's what makes me even better when I come back. Yeah, it, re it recharges you. So let me ask you, so we've got, we, we, you know, someone's lucky enough to get through, they're interviewing with Katie, they're interviewing with the team, they're getting through, 
yeah. offers on the table. There's yeah. some equity out there. In a very simple layman's terms, what do people need to know about equity? What do, what do they need to know what it means and what questions do they need to ask? Right. Let's, get, let's, get, let's get tactical on this one for a minute. Let's give people some, some actionable advice here. Yeah, so with equity, you wanna, it, it means that you, you own a part of the company, right? So um, when you are getting equity in a company and when you're, when you're hired into a company and you get, um, and you get equity, um, what I, the things that I would really want anyone to, if I'm interviewing someone and for me to know that they're you know, a smart interviewer and that they have an understanding of just um, their professional lives um, and also how this, in, like, this impacts their personal lives, mm-hmm. um, I want them to be asking, how many, how much more equity they get as they grow here. Um, that is something that I think is. A- yeah. Is it progressive? Is it progressive? Is it one time? Does it best? What does that look like? The vesting schedule, mm-hmm. the convertible, like there's some real technical shit here. Right. And, and it's really interesting because this is all stuff again, you know, we're not, a, this is not a fun, this, or, you know, this, we're an accidental incubator, right? We're a venture collective. This is a very different vibe here. All of these things, you know, it's stuff that I'm constantly educating myself on too. And I am by no means the expert, but that's the other thing that I'm looking for in the people that I hire. I want them to ask those questions because being inquisitive, being being inquisitive is such an underrated soft skill set. Oh my like, God. Like when I'm, like when I'm, when I'm interviewing people, when I'm interviewing people, like when, for when I'm recruiting at the end of every interview, I go, do you have any questions for me? And I swear to fucking God, Katie, if someone says I have no questions, I literally hang up the phone. I don't care. I don't care if they're the best candidate on paper. If you can't come to me with one question. Yeah. No. I know. It's like, because it also shows homework, right? You know, I, I, I'm the only time I'm okay with an interviewer, interviewee not asking me a question is if they're constantly asking me questions throughout the conversation. Right. Okay. Yeah. That, that's, that's the exception. Um, but I need to know that they've done their homework. I need to know that they're interested. I need to know that they're curious. Like curious is not something that you can teach, you know, of all of the skill sets that I've sort of observed of people, you know, whether they're smart, whether, you know, um, whether they have you know done their homework and read up on it, it like that's all stuff that you can these are all skill sets that may not become natural to people but you can train that but i've realized that you can't really train curiosity and if people aren't curious i'm sorry this is just not the place for you and yeah. i am the boss for you I, I completely agree so you know we talked about equity we talked about you know understanding those questions that you need to ask so what about benefits right like sometimes you know startups are small enough where you know it may not be possible and people are unknown yeah. so what are what are startups doing to remain competitive and fair to their employees so they can compete compete with the other brands for sure so um what i find is that oftentimes startups try to pay quote unquote in benefits um, more than they try to pay in salary. They, this is, you know, another way that they're trying to like, basically, again, they're not going to be able to give you a a 150 K or six figure um, salary, but what they can give you maybe is really, really strong benefits. So um, you want to make sure, I mean, the, my grandfather was a, a journalist for a time. He wrote about uh, financial, personal financial journalism. The one thing that he always said, your best investment is a 401k. So if you're going into a company and you have a, they have a 401k program um, and they can you know, match it, like this is all, again, this is all stuff that you should be, you should be looking at. Um, I, you know, 
that's what I like to look for. And, um, you know, actually at Loeb, uh, we, we didn't ha always have a 401k program, but we have implemented it. Um, awesome. probably with a big nudge from, uh, my, my granddad's words. So that's, that's, that's good stuff here. So let's, let's bring it home a little bit. Um, Katie, what is your superpower? Ooh, I, my superpower, um, it's storytelling, hundred percent storytelling. Love it. And it's also, can I, can I do a caveat? Can I do a little asterisk on that? I'm just going to um, completely edit it out. Whatever you say right now, I'm just going to completely edit it out. She said storytelling. That's it. No, I'm kidding. What's... Storytelling, that's it. <laughs> um, it's storytelling to a, to different audiences. So you have to know who you're talking to. Know your audience. Yeah. And, um, I can tell the same story over and over again, but it sounds different based off of who I'm talking to. Uh, the content will always be ultimately the same. It's just the way that I communicate it. Um, and it's, it's about reading really quickly who's in the room, how they like to receive information and catering your message in a way that they can understand it properly. Right. And it's uh -huh. like, it's like the way I tell my story, the story about how your dad completely destroyed a startup founder that we know about. <laughs> I'll leave that, I'll leave that one out of it. No, that's, right. that's awesome. I mean, listen, it's a good story. I I, you, it sounds, you're welcome to share it. It's yeah. your story, so I don't want to take that from you. So Katie, I ask, I ask everybody that I have on the podcast this question. When things are awesome, things are great. Things are, you know, fucking awesome life is great and also when things are shitty when when you're down when you're having a bad day when you're having a bad week when you're having a bad month what is your north star what do you look to to pull you up to show gratitude to absolutely love what is kitty Loeb's north star well a quick comment on on when things are awesome and when things are terrible first of all none of this stuff is permanent if it is awesome you know, it's, it's awesome in this moment and it, but it's temporary when things are terrible, it's terrible in this moment, but that's also temporary. So to be able to find sort of a really even keel that sort of threads that needle between the awesome and the terrible, take the wins as they come, celebrate them, be in the moment when they're there, when they're terrible, acknowledge that it's something that's going away really, it's going away soon. Um, but for me, it's all about finding that really you know, that, that way to stay, to stay pretty level-headed mm -hmm. the entire time. Um, you know, we just sent out the Potter Not invites yesterday. We had this amazing day. We locked in some really awesome speakers. And, the and best email I received yesterday. Yeah. It, I, listen, <laughs> it was the best email I sent yesterday. So I'm really excited about it. Um, I let myself, after we sent that email, I let myself, I went for a walk. That's sort of how I like marinate on everything. I like to be um, alone in those moments um, and because it's really meditative. So I guess my North Star, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change that to, you know, my, my tactic so that I can maintain um, level-headedness and maintain a North Star, which is just... Um, you know, grateful in the moment. And it's just, it's meditation. Good shit. Um, yeah. Find the way that you can meditate. I do practice meditation, Vedic meditation, but um, I also just find my moments where I can just have a little bit of an introverted moment to take it all in, whether it's good, bad. I just make sure that I, uh, I, I take a small, a small moment to acknowledge everything. And, and uh, awesome. yeah. And just, I, I think, you know, Without getting, without going down the path of mental health, I think meditation is is key to everybody, especially in the startup world. Find that time to check in with yourself, check in with your mind, check in with your body. 
Kitty, you ready for rapid fire? Oh crap, yes, let's go. If you had to choose one destination you could go to forever and you can never go to the other one again, Southampton or Mykonos? I would go to Southampton and never again Mykonos. Lyft or Uber? Ugh, Uber, but I'm not happy about it. What is the next big startup to emerge as the next unicorn? This is tough. I think I'm going to argue that it's actually something that is that no one's even going to know about. I don't think I even know it. I think it's something that is going to be a picks and shovels kind of a uh, company instead of being a, you know, massive disruptive social company. I think it's going to be something that we don't even know. It's going to be a silent, but silent, but deadly. It's going to be a killer. The old SBD coming down. Here we go. We're going to finish this one up. Who would win in a fist fight? Michael Loeb, your dad versus Gary V. Who would win in a fist fight? Oh man, Michael Loeb, but I think Gary V might talk him out of it. So I don't know. Oh my God. (laughs) Talk him out. I've seen. I've seen beating him in a fist fight. Yeah. Oh my God. I've seen these two battle in person verbally. It is awesome. And I love it. Katie, this is great. So awesome. Really great chat. So let's close this up here. Yeah. People, tribe, everyone listening, startups are sexy. We all know that, right? But there's a truth behind it. So being an entrepreneur is the in thing, but it's not for everyone. It's important to fully understand the pros and cons about working at one before signing that offer letter. Working at a startup is hard work. It's not a nine to five, but it could be worth the effort. Here's a fact, 90% of startups fail because they try to scale too fast or burn through that investment cash. We talked about that. You have to ask yourself, are you willing and want to take that gamble? Can you take that financial risk? These are all critical questions to ask yourself and the company that you're interviewing with. The upside is huge and we've all seen what that looks like. Having experts to Katie, having experts like Katie to provide insight as to what questions you should ask is a tremendous asset. That's the value I'm trying to bring you here, people. Do your research, do your homework. Don't just jump in at the first you know, cool sign of an awesome WeWork space or cold brew on tap or cool hipster logo sweatshirts. Those don't mean shit. That doesn't do anything. Do your due diligence. I promise you, people, you have to do your homework. You have to ask the right questions. You have to look inside to make sure you have that passion and want to jump in to a startups. Folks, this is the type of advice, insight, and inspiration that you need to harness your inner tenacity to drive your career forward. Katie, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. Can't wait to continue our relationship. Can't wait for Potter Not and all the other good stuff that we're going to build. Yep. Where could folks connect with you? And you know, how could they find you? How could they learn more? about Loeb and all the other good stuff you're working on. Sure. So you should definitely check out our new website. It's just www.loeb.nyc. Check it out. It shows our new futuristic and flexible uh, vibe. Um, And then I definitely want everyone to check out um, Pot or Not. Um, You can also look, you can find more information there on the, if you just look up the or not experience.com. Um, and then as for me, um, you know, you can reach me through all the usual channels. I am an Instagram junkie. Um, gotta, you see what she wears every day. I mean, I'm not a stalker. I'm just saying it pops up on my feed. Listen, it's super creative for me. It is. Um, yeah. So, uh, you can look me up. Katie Loeb is here. Um, awesome. so, uh, so yeah, LinkedIn's a great way too. just look me up. Katie. Amazing. I can't thank you enough for this.
Yeah, thank you. This has been awesome. Really, really appreciate it. And I will see you at PotterDot. That's right. And to everyone else listening, thank you again for joining us on the podcast. I'm going to have all the links below when I post this. Please follow us, link it, subscribe, share it, pass it along to everybody. We'll be passing plenty of PotterDot or not. Um, Subscribe online, offline. Keep it connecting. Keep it real. And thank you for joining us, everybody. Until next week. Wisdom is forever. But for us, it's time to go. Thank you for joining us. Luckily, we'll be back with our next episode jam-packed with more incredible humans. For more info, please visit www.nhptalentgroup.com.